What's up, everyone, and welcome to another The Point Forward podcast. Recording on a Sunday morning. No Super Bowl, no football to distract us today. And, of course, I'm joined by PJ. PJ, how are you, man? What's going on? What's up? Just being a bad hombre over here. I, as always. um, Chicks dig a bad hombre. Did you, uh... (laughs) <laughs> Did you enjoy uh, the Katie Russ feud last night? Yeah, uh, it was <laughs> man. It was it was pretty wild. It was a, a lot more testy than I thought I was gonna be. But fuck, man, I just I wanted Russell to win so badly. Well, I do too, and we're gonna talk about this game in a little more detail, yeah. but. Uh, so this pod, usually we're a little structured, talk some NBA, do some in and outs. We're going to go back to just, we're going to wing it today. We're just going to, PJ and I are going to switch off, bringing up various NBA slash basketball topics in general, and uh, we're going to see what happens. Um, so I'm going to start, Peach, and so like let's just talk about this Katie and Russ thing to start. Um so the thing that really annoyed me about this game, and I, I understand why people were getting amped up um, about, uh, you know, specifically there in the third quarter when Katie gets in Roberson's face and then going to the timeout, Westbrook is like, you know, he's sure yelling, I'm, com- I'm coming, I'm coming, you know, and you can't see what Katie's saying. But yeah. this whole thing is, I, I mean, it's dope. And I love that Russ is that he guy like that's drama. Yeah, I love that Russ is the guy that uh, he's going to be intense whether he's down thirty or whether he's down or whether he's up thirty. You know, like he's he's in the game. He's going to give it a hundred percent all the time, and that's why I you know most people love him. But what's annoying to me is that people are making such a big deal out of this when. This entire game, the Warriors were up 20 points. I mean, they just kicked the shit out of the thunder. Yeah, man. That's like the – that's what I don't I, – if, if, like that was – that's all good with me if that keeps going and, you know. Uh, but when it comes to, like, the actual game, like they haven't been really that close outside no. of the – the first one was, like, all right. But the last two have been blowouts. And, I mean, yeah, it's like, I just, I want Russell to get, like, some sort of chance to be, like, able to go at it, like, go at KD in the fourth, down two or something, you know, and, like, try to win it. But, why can't, but it's just, I mean, the fact they don't have cancer really hurts that, you know, right now. Yeah, they just can't score with them. Yeah, and it's it's just become such a unfortunately, I mean, it is such a one-sided matchup and you know, Russ Russ is damnedest like he can't he can't score for five positions. No, no stop, I think that they, the, it would really <laughs> it would really help them to have someone that can kind of do something offensively and kind of press the issue when Russ isn't in the game because they just don't have anybody. I like but well, I, I like Oladipo is a nice compliment, but he's yeah. just he's not gonna he's not able to do it all on his own. And Stephen Adams does a ton of great things for that team, but scoring in bunches isn't one of them. Yeah, and he's not gonna in like a matchup uh, against like a Warriors team, like he's not gonna be like as impactful in that matchup as he'd be elsewhere against right. a different team. Uh, right, because they can kind of take him out of the game. Yeah, and he's not really neutralizing anyone like OKC player enough that like he's not preventing Draymond to still you know impact the game or certain guys like that. But and like at points he can't really even be on the court depending on what OKC's li- or what uh, Golden State's lineup is. But. Uh, what did you think of all the cupcake T-shirts coming in after the game? <laughs> I mean, I uh, I saw that this morning. Yeah, 
Uh, it's whatever. I mean, dude, I like pettiness. I like all that kind of shit. I love that shit. Yeah, me too. I wish, uh, dude, I was actually bummed, like, that the league sent that memo out to all the Twitter, all the NBA Twitter, not all the NBA Twitters, all the teams to, like, save for their Twitters to, like, not be, basically, like, don't be fucking savage. AKA the anti, uh, CJ McCollum, yeah, uh, Chandler Parsons rule. Yeah. Well, did you see? The so Kings. I wanted to, I want to talk about the Kings Raptors t- or Kings Hawks. It was Hawks, yeah. Tweets so back funny. and forth. It was incredible. <laughs> like, I mean, dude, that's. I mean, like I don't know. Like I don't want the league to be fucking restricted. People are into it. I didn't like. I I don't know who's really like upset by any of this. I mean, I get it from like the. You don't want the players to that like start and do some of that maybe, but like you don't want anything actually, you know, bad to be said. But it's fucking awesome. I what you mean when they're like ragging on each other and stuff? Yeah, but it's like they talk shit. So I mean, for me at least, I've like forever not you know not forever, but last few years I've been trying to pitch this idea. Adam Silver, if you're listening just give me a little bit of a, a percentage on this but they should have league pass set up where you can pay like an extra 50 bucks or something but all the players are mic'd up and they have like extra mics that only go into like a specific feed but you can hear all the shit talking that goes on on the court like i want that so yeah, badly we've talked about this and yes they could if they did that they could pro- they could double the price of league pass they can make it 400 dollars, and i think i would do I would- it pay it in a second uh but like i don't know like for me at least like when i think about basketball like part of it's fucking tr- it's tr- trash talking like that's fun as as fuck to me and like i don't know why you wouldn't want to have like kind of that edge or that kind of stuff and i don't think anything that's been tweeted out has really been that uh like bad like i don't think anyone's no, it's not like people are threatening each other or anything is turning violent. Just Everything that happened with CJ and Chandler Parsons was just, you know, poking fun at the other person. And I think that the stuff... A little Chandler, ball busting. Yeah, I think what Chandler was saying was douchey, for sure. I mean, it, like, Chandler, I yeah, you got paid a ton of money, but I don't know anyone that thinks you're worth that money now. Like, I'm yeah, so... Yeah, he's not been that, this year. I know we talked about that already, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it too much now. But I, I, Chandler Parsons went down like ten notches in my book with that whole Twitter exchange. But uh, but go back to I the mean, trash talking. Yeah. Uh, I, something that I loved after the game was KD. They were you know post game press conference or just interviews with KD, and he said you know it's just like part of the game and he respects that part of the game and he didn't think that anything that happened between him and Russ or him and Roberson he didn't think any of that was like you know I didn't think the refs he said I don't I don't think the refs should have even stopped in like this is just part of the game like talking shit uh getting each other's face during you know a heated play that's part of playing in the NBA it's part it's part of playing professionally like this is something that uh, doesn't need to be blown up into this big thing because if you think about it, stuff like this happens in high school games. It happens in college. Well, think about that up another level, but you play on national TV and you're playing professionally for championships. So it's just going to amplify it. So the fact that we don't see interactions like that more often is, you know, I I would. You know, it doesn't surprise me in the lightest that you see teammates getting at each other and guys butting heads with one another because they're a bunch of alphas out there, man. Yeah, three alphas. Shout out three alphas. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, man. I mean, but like, yeah, there's something just about, uh, especially with the NBA that I love more than anything is the, yeah, just like the inner workings of all these these personalities and just like how they all mesh and. Um, like listening to uh, KD on the uh, other that other BS that what was that, that BS podcast? <laughs> oh, the Bill Simmons podcast. <laughs> like Bill Simmons, we'll just bleep that part out. Uh, <laughs> but his interview on there, like, I mean, he, he gave a bunch of thoughtful answers, but like the one part like stuck out where he was like talking about him and Draymond getting in a fight, like with quotations around that fight. Right. 
Uh, <laughs> like, that part, he's like, yeah, like, Draymond knew I was kind of, like, a little unfocused, basically, and needed to kind of get snapped back into it, needed, like, basically, just yeah, like, I needed, might, yeah, I needed exactly. a kick in the ass, and he's like, Draymond saw that, so, like, that's what that was, like, he was just getting me, getting me going and stuff, and he's like, yeah, I needed it, like, I think that stuff's, like, super interesting, and, like, when they do that kind of stuff, and you see those interactions like and then and then spectators are just you know what's going on with KD and Draymond but it's like it's literally nothing like this yeah but this it's, happens but, but even like I mean like the Bulls stuff I mean lately there's I mean the last couple of years that's a big part of them too is just like these interactions and like who really likes who and who's on who's like I mean you know obviously like a lot of this isn't going to be happening on winning teams but uh, I mean, there still is to a certain extent. Like on like the warrior side, you look as like those four dudes being able to kind of coexist, and then when you look at how like Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala play into that, and like not it's not even like basketball points. Like there's so much that kind of has to go right for teams in a non-basketball sense that. Um, it's like I find that I wish that stuff came out more and more. Like I wish there was more inside, or just you could hear some of that too. It's just like no, but I also just yeah, I want to hear like people just talk shit to each other. Me too. Um, but yeah, other than that, there wasn't really any big takeaways for me from last night's game. The Warriors no. are a better roster Dude, and a so, better team so, than the Thunder. So I do have one last. So I mean, kind of with the Robertson thing though, is. And it kind of bothered me with the when Cantor was like talking shit to KD. Was oh, I don't you mean last time or last night when he was like in in a suit yelling at him? Was he? Well, was he? Their first match, his first match, or their first match. I was talking about the first was, time. I was okay, talking about the yeah. first time. But was he chirping last night too? Yeah, like if you oh, look right. at when if you look at when Russ was like. Yeah, you know, I, I'm coming. I'm coming. Then yeah, you know, uh, Cantor's coming up and is like, yeah, yelling. You know, right? No, but yeah. So I was talking about the first time, but then like when Robertson gets in his face too. I kind of think, and I don't have nothing to base this off, of, but I just kind of get this vibe that some of that's super fake from those couple dudes, like the the Thunder role players. Um, like, how many of them are, like, really... I mean, I, I like, Cantor's been the one that's really been trying to put on this, like, anti-KD front. But I just get this, like, feeling <laughs> that it's just, like, a front to getting good graces with Russ. It'd be like, yeah, like, Ru- like the some of the stuff Russ has been overheard saying and, like, on the court, and I think it was the second game, like, it's like, don't talk to Kevin and shit, that they're, like, trying to put on this front to be like, yeah, 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 we fucking hate Kevin too, man. Yeah, yeah, we're with you. But, like, see, like some of it seems just, like, very forced. But I don't know. I mean, I don't have nothing to base that off of, but... No, I think it is forced, because here's something, too, is that... Um, and I don't want to, you know, just go into a deep dive of Bill Simmons' podcast, because if you want to listen to this and think about it, you, you can just go listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, but he... Uh, but do that after you finish this episode. Yeah, we'll listen to this one first. Um, but... Katie said that he he like Bill asked him a question like between Stephen Adams and his cancer, which one do you miss the most? Uh, and he said he said cancer. He's like I miss that guy. Like I really enjoyed coming in and practicing with him every day. And now it's so obviously those guys were like tight at least in yeah. some capacity. And now like cancer's just like all fucking pissed off because Katie left. I mean, I guess I don't know what it would feel like. And I would probably take it pretty personally if I had a teammate that I got to the Western Conference Finals with, and then they, you know, left my team to go to the team we lost to. I'd probably be pretty mad too. But cancer, I don't get the dynamic at all. And I mean, look, I'm not going to compare who's the better player between Russ and Katie because they're two different guys. They do different things. They play different positions. But as unquestionably, Katie is like a top 25 player of all time. And he's one of the most skilled guys I've ever watched play the game. 
So if you want to compare a guy like that and try to get in that guy's face, like cancer, like <laughs> KD makes you look like a punk bitch. Like he's just he's yeah. he's just, he's unbelievable. Like he's just a he's a top five player now, and he's uh, you know we're comparing apples and oranges at this point. So I don't really understand. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I guess towards this. I guess my thing is just like when I look at the the roster on OKC, like the only one that I feel like has any weight to like talk shit to KD is Russ. Like, and not not saying like you have to be a star player to talk shit to another star player, but like the just the the gravitas, it's just like the kind of the weight that certain guys hold in that locker room. I feel like it is just Russ's show, and like kind of everyone else is his minion at this point. Like, right. I, I'm not. Like it'd be different if you have like uh, like first person thing is like Matt Barnes is like if he's on the Thunder like yeah I let him talk his shit like that's kind of his mo and like that's that's kind of like his whole thing but to have some of these other dudes like I just yeah I don't really take any of those guys seriously when they're going at KD and shit yeah I it's not gonna stop though I mean they're gonna they're playing each other one more time this year in OKC and then. You know, who knows? They could run each other in the playoffs too. I mean, do they? Well, I do they? Yeah, they have one more game. When, oh, I thought they only had three. Oh no, you're right. They play in March. Yep, one more. But March PJ, 20. let's let's move on to a different topic, man. Why don't you hit me with one? Yeah, man. I wanted to talk about. So Jaw didn't play last night. Jaleel got didn't play, and evidently he was pulled by the team. Like they had some active trades. Yeah, place. so I saw a report this morning, close. and I'm sorry, I, I can't remember who reported this, but that uh, there were a handful of teams who were interested, and the talks yeah. kind of ramped up yesterday, uh, there was a, right? There was a tweet I saw yeah, from Alex Kennedy, who was from Hoops Hype. He was saying that it was between the uh, – he had a couple. He's like, yeah, sources confirm. Julio was informed that the – they should have trade talks with the uh, – Pelicans. Bulls, Pelicans, Blazers, and Nuggets. Um, so which team, which was, of those teams do you think has he has the best fit with? Probably the, I mean, him on the Blazers would be tight. Or the, I mean, the Nuggets would be interesting. I don't see it making a ton of sense, but like playing with Jokic. Uh, I kind of like the idea of the Blazers. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'll take him on the Bulls. Any, <laughs> you want to make that happen? That's fine with me. I need something. I need something different. But the only I don't thing know if that's I, I don't really for him. I don't really like him with the Nuggets that much, just because offensively I think it fits. But they're struggling enough on the defensive end that I don't think. I'd like to see him go somewhere and pair him with a good defensive big. That's why I'd like to see him with the Pelicans. Because I think mm-hmm. AD can AD can teach him th- some things. I think AD can uh, help in some areas where the Nuggets and not to throw shadier bowls, but I mean Robin Lopez oh, is okay it. when it comes to rim protection, but he's not exactly oh. lighting the world on fire. But Jazz not going to be a rim. Pro- huh? I don't. No, I don't. I, I know he's not going to be a rim protector. But who do you? I think he, he learned I think some he, shit from Robin. I think he can Dude, learn Robin's, some shit, but they Robin's can't play gonna... together. No, but and he I can think learn that, Taj. Well, I think Taj. he needs to get paired with someone that is a good defender and that he can play with. And I guess he'll play with Taj. Yeah, he could play him and Taj Gibson. Could you know you can go big and play those two. Um. Yeah, because I mean, as much as I love the big baby Brazilian Felicio. I'd like to see something with like a little bit more polish on it, right? Uh, but yeah, no, it's like just it's pretty wild. They're um, that like I mean I you knew one of them was going to be traded, and I mean it's nice to see though that like they are being pretty transparent about it, and um, I mean Brett Brown I think is doing a pretty good job with being out front of it and like being honest with these guys um which he's like been very impressed i like super brett brown's dope i like I brett brown too i think he's 
And I mean, they're t- the Sixers. A... I mean, Embiid hasn't played for a while, uh, and that's something I want to talk about too. Is that yeah. you know, it came out yesterday? He has a partial meniscus tear, no surgery, but it's one of those things. It's just going to take time for him to to get better from. And uh, right. it's so scary, man. Like we got this glimpse of healthy Joel Embiid, and now it's, you know it's just another small setback, but still setback and. I just want the yeah, guy I mean, to be healthy, damn it. Like, come on. Give me the process. Give me the full process. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, well, I mean, so and I'm assuming that meniscus thing happened uh, when he had that game where he, like, his knee, like, buckled those two times. Yeah, uh, it has it to be when it happened. That. Um, and that was awkward as shit, but, um, yeah, hopefully he's... He's Gucci, but uh, I mean, at the same time too, like they need to move someone there, and I, I kind of like Noel and the Noel and Bead pairing the best anyway. And Ja from kind of Jump Street there has not; it just wasn't a good fit. It was, it was like when he got drafted there too. It was the one spot I did not want him to go, so I just like he. I mean, that's like kind of the classic example, just like dude that's done nothing but win his entire basketball career, and then he's going to end up losing probably more games in a a month in the NBA in his first year than he's probably lost in his entire life. Um, yep. And just like he always, like even at Duke, like I mean, I, when he was there, I, I, I definitely noticed like he, he was, I mean, like, he, he was obviously boys with, like, Justice and, um, I mean, Tyus and him were really tight before, but like, you kind of never got the, like, impression from him that he was super, like, confident in himself or, like, you know, he, I mean, he's 19. Who the fuck knows who they are at 19? But, like, you just tell, like, he, kind of his presence and his in-game demeanor at times, like, he would, like, it would things, he kind of struggled at points. You'd see like other guys having to kind of snap him back into, into it, um, and I kind of like it'd be nice if yeah he was had a established veteran guy that could like take him under his wing and you know kind of like what Cat got with KG, which I think has been was like huge for him. But I also think like Cat is way more uh, developed, uh, yeah, like emotionally and kind of his personality is like a little bit more of a self-awareness there i think than what jaw's got right now and well, trust me yeah jaw's just like immature like i mean if you look at what happened off the court with him last year even like i just think he's got more growing up he needs to do and i don't really know if philly's the best spot for him to do that well it's crazy to me because a, f- a few things go differently and i think jaleel is in a much different position because Cat comes in with not only a vet to kind of show him the way, but you know one of the most experienced vet- oh, NBA veterans, and you know, and Kevin Garnett, and he can kind of show him the way. And you know, Cat came in and was kind of instantly, you know, we had, I mean, the Timberwolves had Andrew Wiggins, but you know, it was like but you're going to yeah. be one of our building blocks. And then you know he finishes the season just going, putting up these crazy numbers, and it's like, damn, like this guy's gonna be, you know, could be like a transcendent talent in the NBA, and he was recognized for it. Like everyone in the Minneapolis Twin Cities area is just like in love with that guy. He's all over the place. Where Jaleel comes in, doesn't have really any veteran presence whatsoever, and and he isn't like Embiid kind of is put up as like this is going to be our franchise cornerstone and and Okafor even from the time he was taken third overall was like you know this guy may be you know part of our rebuilding process here but it's not going to be he's not going to be the guy nah I don't know if I I mean they were kind of last year I mean until Embiid was like for sure healthy and playing like I think the plan initially was like yeah, we like Jaws, like Jaleel is the like right now young piece we have to develop and stuff. But 
you look at that team last year, I mean, he had no hope. I mean, and I, that's why I, I feel bad for the guys that, like, he was losing a ton. They didn't really have anyone else uh, around him that could, like, play it. Play, like, he, like, he didn't have a Wiggins, didn't have an equal up here that, uh, you know, could kind of he could go through the experience with and, and kind of build – you know, they, they would be kind of going through the, the same problems. It was more like, yo, like, you kind of have to carry us here for this year because Nerlens was out. So, you know what I mean? Like, he was kind of yeah. left to kind of carry well, that. And then this year, yeah, like you said now, yeah, Joel's in, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, Joel's, you know, Bede's the better player. Um, and in this, like, pairing – Jaleel hasn't really given them much confidence to uh, try to make it work with him at this point. So one quick question for you, and then I'll, we'll move on to something else here. But assuming Jaleel goes to a situation that's just good for him, like a good basketball, good organizational situation for him, what's his ceiling? Uh, I mean, depending on what he can do, like – I would put his ceiling like at a as a Brooke Lopez, um, like that's kind of a a pretty comfortable comp I see with him. He uh, he was definitely uh, I mean offensively he's one of the most gifted guys I've seen as a big man. Uh, I mean the problem you have in some ways is that the game, like his game, isn't necessarily flow with the the trends that. Uh, the league's currently going to but right i mean he's got i mean he can score who knows though man if you would have told me five years ago that brooke lopez is going to be shooting a decent clip from three point i, I would have that's what i mean that you're yeah. crazy jaw's got a shot i mean he's got a shot for sure i just um that's like kind of who i would see because brooke lopez isn't a known as a really great defender but i think he he holds his own for the most part i mean he's uh, kind i of would a, say he's below average right now but i mean the dude's like 21 years old i mean he could turn it he could he could be okay defense is just like an effort thing he's big enough and athletic enough to be able to play defense but he just hasn't figured it out up to this point yeah and i think he's been able to at every other level he's his impact has always been like on offense he's not yeah, at to definitely so here's uh here's next my next question for you PJ is yeah other than this you know uh, the Jaleel trade I think I think it's gonna end up happening but if you could pick one trade you'd like to see like one guy one big move that you'd like to see <laughs> which one would exclude, it be so we're like, gonna exclude Boogie right yeah we're not <laughs> but well like but a realistic one I think the Boogie <laughs> trade talks have kind of fizzled. They're not really happening. I mean, so I a think trade, we've a trade the, that could happen that you want to see the most. Um, well, we'll take it two ways. I mean, I know we we did a we already talked hit on this, but like, I really want to see the Nuggets move some stuff around. I don't care like who on that side, but if you want a specific player, I mean, I'd go with uh, on a personal vendetta reason. I'd love to see the Bulls move Nikola Mirotic. <laughs> just send his ass this is forever. not the route that I, yeah I, I know it's I, not. I know I respect I, know I respect you being a homer in this situation and them just wanting to <laughs> get know. rid of your least favorite guy but <laughs> hey no dude I mean that, if that's your answer then hey run no, with it I mean, so what what are the bulls doing here who are the who are they getting you are they just anything. trading him for nothing yep. trade him for a second round pick for a washer and a dryer wow uh no i mean so i i would truthfully i'd like to see like to to answer closer to what you want i mean well don't I, hey man you don't have to make me happy no i just i i haven't thrown nicola any shade the last couple episodes and you do owe him some he's yeah. he's also like fallen under the radar as like the, a problem on uh, for the bulls so um but i would honestly i mean i'd like to see mellow get moved uh more and more I feel bad for the dude. Um, it's so cool to see him. 
Oh, I want to be in Cleveland. I just want a arms. I want a buildup of arms here. I want a. I think it'd be cool to see him in that situation. Um, I mean, obviously, like it's basically there or him going to L.A. And I mean, I think that that could work too, for sure. I don't know what they give up, but I mean, that would be interesting um, for them to do that there, but. I don't so know if, if he goes, if him. he goes, if he goes to Cleveland, would you rather see Cleveland give up uh, Jr. and some contracts for him, or would you want to see K Love, the K Love Mellow swap? Nah, I mean, I'd rather see. I mean, it'd be way more interesting if K Love's still on the team. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's like that's the more interesting kind of setup they've got going. As if they did, because yep. yeah, I want I want there to be two big fours just kind of going at it. I mean, at this point, I want all in on the that finals matchup that we're going to probably get here, and I want Cleveland to be able to have a little bit extra. I don't want the finals to turn into, which I don't think it would, because I mean Cleveland's way better than uh, the Thunder, but. Like, all of those matchups, it's like, it ends up just breaking down that, like, it, I don't want it to break down where LeBron just can't outdo, like, the Warriors just have too much for him. Right. I want there to be an attainable, even playing field for for both sides. So, I like the Melo trade, and I do want to see him get moved. I'm, I'm between wanting him to go to the Clips or Boston, although it's it doesn't really seem like the Celtics are that interested, which I still don't get. Uh, we've talked about this already in a previous pod, but I'd really like to see Millsap go to the Raptors. That's what I want to see. Uh, I'd like to yeah. see. I'd like to see what that team can do with that lineup because I don't know if they beat the I don't know if they beat the Cavs, and I would still bet on the Cavs in a seven game series against uh, Lowry. DeRozan, Mike Lowry. I don't even know who they play at the three. Uh, uh, they've got oh, Ross. Carol, Carol, Carol. Yeah, Tamari. Carol, uh, Millsap, and Valanciunas. Uh, against Valanciunas you know, is fucking nice, dude. I like. I like him. Dude, a lot. Uh, He's a big bruiser. dude, pretty good defensively, uh, and can do some nice stuff on the offensive end. I think that I think that team could they could do some stuff. They could push they could push the Cavs at seven games. They I need think. a piece. Yeah, they need one more. And I think that, you know, what's wrong with making a trade for Millsap and then them paying it for him? Like I don't think Toronto's just gonna get a bunch of free agents. So this is the best version of this is the best version of the Raptors that has ever existed. So why not just go all in, man? Like, and who knows what, who knows what the Hawks are asking for here, but if you can make I that mean, trade work, I'd like to see it. Dude. Yeah. I mean, the, I would do want to, I was like talking about this and I like really hadn't ever noticed it till I just, when you really look at the Raptors roster, they've drafted really well. Um, like really, really well. A lot of their dudes on their team, like, they've drafted, and they're not, like, I mean, a lot of them just kind of come out to be just role players, but, I mean, like, they signed Lowry, that, like, I think Damari's a signing, or not, yeah, Damari Carroll's a signing, Corey Joseph's a signing, but, like, uh, Ross, Powell, Damar, uh, Valanciunas, uh, what's his, the Brazilian guy's name? I'm, I, Nogueira. Nogueira. I think that's how you pronounce yeah, it. I think that's how you say it. Like, they drafted all those dudes. They're, like, nice. Like, some of them are, I mean, obviously, DeBar's a freaking star. Um, he's, you know, but. But, yeah, I mean, that was their best draft pick. Because I don't think, I think he was a mid-round pick. Yeah, I mean, I really like Norman Powell a ton. I like his game a ton. He hasn't gotten any minutes this season. I don't really understand why. I don't why get it I like either. Too. I mean, Ty- Ross has been better offensively this year, but it'd be cool if they could flip Terrence Ross for yeah, 
DeMar I think he would was, have to be DeMar a part was of the, uh, the ninth overall pick. He's yeah. pretty he's pretty nice for the ninth overall lottery pick. pick. Yeah, good lottery pick, but um, yeah, I mean they've got. I would it would be cool to see them. I mean I think Terrence Barras would be a part of probably a Millsap trade. Yeah, he would uh, have to be. I think. Which yeah, I mean maybe it would be. Yeah, Terrence Ross, Patrick Patterson, probably. Yeah. Something like that. Well, they don't really have a huge need for Patterson. I mean, they'd love to have him off their bench, right? But they don't have as much of a need for him if they have Millsap. No. But yeah, I mean, man. Millsap, so I, that'd be cool. I would fuck with that. That'd yeah, I would, I'd love to see that trade. I think it makes the East a lot more interesting because if the Celtics... If the Celtics nor the Raptors do anything between here and the end of the season, like the Cavs are going are going to the ship. It's like, and that's probably going to happen either way. But uh, and I I don't blame the Celtics for waiting. They have picks in the draft, and they're probably going to have the number one or at least a top three pick. So I understand why you know they can play the waiting game, and they still have another year before they have to re-sign Isaiah they have some options but if i'm the raptors like you gotta sign lowry your cap is gonna vanish here if you don't try to make a move oh yeah i mean you gotta gotta make your uh you gotta make kind of yeah your a decision at some point if you've got an opportunity to improve i mean i think yeah Millsap thing would be a good shot for them the Celtics one's kind of weird. I don't really, I can't figure out what would be a good piece for them to add. But I mean, they would mellow. Nah, Come I don't on, like that. fine. I don't like that as much. What's your next like topic, fit. Peach? Um, next topic I have. Um, well, um, I mean the one thing I was just into like uh, the Oakley stuff. It's kind of on my mind a lot. Yeah, so we didn't have a chance to talk about this in our pod earlier this week. It kind of ju- kind of happened, happened in the middle of that it. night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just it's kind of uh, kind of messed up. I uh, I think it's pretty it's pretty awesome how many people have, all the people like LeBron, Dwayne Wade. I mean, everyone basically is just like all in with Oakley, which they should be. Um, I think so too. I will put this caveat out there is that I don't have any idea what that guy I have no idea what Oakley was doing or saying. So basically like from his account like of after cuz they he did do like a get he got interviewed after he got went to the police station after he got released um and so he was saying like he was there with four buddies um and they like bought tickets to the game, they they were only there a couple minutes. They sat down. They asked a bunch of people else that were sitting around Oakley. Like there was nothing done or said that night, but I know Oakley has previously made like pretty critical statements about the Knicks and like James Dolan's ownership. Um, and there are some like people that have said that there may have been instances before, but. Like, basically, James Dolan is just, like, afraid to be, like, is just, like, nervous to be around, have Charles Oakley around him. And I guess, like, there was something else I saw that, like, uh, it's like a rumor or something that when Oakley would go, like, to the restroom and he was at the at the garden, like, when had Dolan had one of his guys, like, follow him or just, like, make sure, like, wherever he went it's like wanted eyes on him at all times but it kind of like the vibe is that like he he sent the security guards over to oakley and like we was hoping to basically invoke a reaction from charles oakley like what he did um all right that's messed and, up and it was just kind of like all right let's like i want to have some like way to I want to have some. Sort I want to get. I want to get this guy in trouble. I want to have yeah. an excuse to kick this guy out. Yeah. So this has in, been the season from hell for the Knicks, man. And it's their yeah. own fault. It's ownership's fault. I mean, Phil and Dolan 
Who would want to go play for this team right now? No one. Nobody. They're killing. They're killing themselves here. Um, yeah. No. I mean, it's like one of those things where the uh, like doing something like this, especially to an OG like Charles Oakley, like you've basically are just saying, like, fuck. Like you're all like. I don't really give a shit about any of you. Like, you're all just pieces of, you know, you're all just pawns that I'm using to sell tickets um, and get make myself money. Like, I don't care about any of you. Like, being a Nick, if you're, no matter what level you are, like, I have no, like, respect for you type thing. Right, I know what um, you mean. So, yeah, so, I mean, like, that's, in that situation, like, what they've done yeah, you're going to, uh, you're going to fuck up. Like, you fucked up. And, and no, I don't see any reason why anyone would, and I'd be interested to see, you know, as it gets closer to that, or, like, kind of how this season ends for the Knicks, what, uh, what people kind of say about them, what more comes out, but it's pretty messed up. It's very messed up, and I saw this, I listened to uh, I believe it was Chris Mannix's podcast the other day, and he said, and I agree with it entirely, like, I don't want to advocate for someone else's, someone else to get their job taken away, but with the combination of everything that's happened with Phil and the entire Knicks organization, I feel like they just need to kind of reset on what they've been doing and start paying more attention to what the players want because ultimately this is a players league like New York has always been known as a free agent destination but if you're just you know you can only overcome so many awful things that have been brought up throughout your organization before it's just going to alienate yourself and no one's going to want to go there and um, I don't know what the move is now because even if you trade Melo even if you trade mellow, like, is that really going to fix all your problems? Like, at this point, unless you're, unless you're just, I think they just got to clean house entirely to really uh, be able to fix this. Well, <laughs> I think one thing they could really use is, uh, like, Phil actually showing up and, you know, being a VP. Um, yeah, what is this guy know. doing? I mean, other than just saying stuff in the media that pisses everyone off, what is what is Phil really adding to this at this point? Dude, he's uh Yeah, man, I don't I don't know. He's uh It's very interesting. Uh Yeah, I just don't get like why anyone would want to be a part of the Knicks. Like it makes no fucking sense. No. There doesn't. Like for being a New York team and just like your biggest market, like you'd make so much money if you could just put together an actual basketball team. Um, well, I mean, everything they did this last off season was not great. I mean, I know they didn't have many options. Like they weren't able, I think, I mean, they were trying to get KD, they were trying to get big name free agents, but the the big market the franchise history thing it just doesn't matter as much anymore just look the same problem with the lakers they think they can get lamar saldridge and make a run at kd just because they are the lakers but it doesn't work that way anymore teams guys just want to win guys want to make money and get paid what they deserve but even more importantly they want to win yeah and i mean i think more and more uh now with like the new changes to CBA and stuff, it's like there's gonna be a lot more emphasis on tr- trades, and the way you're gonna be able to trade people is by drafting well, having assets that you need uh, that you can use and like flip for a guy. Because I think more and more though, it, like guys are gonna stick with the team they make the most money with because the money's so good. And they've now made it very, you know, for at least big stars. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a professional level for you to not, like, sign with your team if you're a star. Um, 
in those, I mean, the middle tier, like the kind of that second tier of NBA, like stars, those ones might move a little bit, but like, I'm thinking like almost even on a lesser side, like the, the Rudy Gay type level player, like Luol Deng, Rudy Gay, um, like those type of dudes are, you know, it'd be interesting to see where they get carved out the most. Cause you could, those are the type of guys I could see getting overpaid by a bad, a dumb team. But if they were like going to contribute on a championship team, you almost have to, they'd almost be the ones that are taking the pay cut or the, you know, the, the NBA middle class of player. Right. I think you're right. I, but I thought I didn't think that there was any way that KD was going to move either, and you know he did. He turned down, left a lot of money on the table to move. Uh, but I, I it'll you left be a lot more if you left now. Like, it'll be it'll be really interesting. Well, I don't know, man. Not that much more though, because he could have signed, he could have signed a one year deal with OKC, and then re-sign for a five year deal after this current season. But he still would have only been able to sign for a four year deal somewhere else. Uh, but like that super max contract thing, dude, I think he left. I mean, the the amount of money you get paid per year doesn't change. It's just instead of being able to offer a guy a three year extension, now you can offer five. So you can, you can sign them up during the season. It's just the timing of it. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it's still a lot because he can't he can't get that like he's got they've got to keep him in the cap. Well, that's what I'm saying is that it'll be interesting to see if what Kevin Durant did is going to be the exception or the norm, and that like our players, our big name players, going to leave after he's their the first. I think so too. I think most players, most star players, you're going to see on their teams now. They're going to be them. They're going to be with that team for at least eight years and if they you know if they get to that 30 percent of the cap threshold or even 35 percent you gotta sign a five-year deal i mean you're leaving 30 40 50 million dollars on the table otherwise yeah no uh i would um and i think when it use the word exception i feel like when we look back on the entire warriors thing like that's going to be the first word that comes to mind. That just all the things that just fell right in their lap, <laughs> like all these like anomalies that have occurred for them. Right. And I mean, I can't, I can't even start dude. Like the the, how Draymond fits with their, how like the things that he can do. We didn't even talk about his triple double from the other night too. Ah, that was one of the things I was going to bring up. Yeah. I mean, so uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably keep up with the NBA, so you, you probably saw what he did on, I believe, Friday night. But puts up a triple-double, but not with points, which I, I think it's the first time that's ever been done in NBA yeah, history. it is. Uh, so, you know, I'd also be... 10 steals, uh, 10 steals, and then assists and rebounds. And uh, so I was, I was talking with a mutual friend of ours about this, PJ, and... Yeah. How I I didn't see at what point in the game he got his tenth steal. Did you? Was it at the very end? Uh, no, I'm not sure. Because uh, I didn't if watch it that wasn't, game. I got like I was looking at it on Twitter, um, if, but I was if, at I was at J Dubs too, so I didn't get to watch right. the game. If that if that wasn't if he did not get a steal at the be, at the very end, if he got it, you know, even midway through the fourth, how are you not feeding him to get a yeah, double? Just like Draymond, you know, they were up like 15, 20 points against the Grizzlies. It's just, you know, Draymond, just do whatever you got to do. Get to the line, shoot, you know, rain some well, if really I was, dumb three point <laughs> shots here. Like do whatever you got to do, but you got to get 10 points, get that quadruple double, man. This is like, that's, man. well, that's what I mean. Like, <clears throat> To be the first person to do that is like almost like the f- worst. If if you told me I got a triple double without scoring points, I would be f- fucking crushed. I'd be like, oh, so you're telling me if. I could have had a quadruple? Yeah, double? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, no, man, that's exactly what I said. Like the first one I saw that he got the triple, I was like, 
oh, you didn't do it without points? Like in in Draymond's fuck, like he can score. I was like, yeah, this is a guy. This is a guy put up 30, 10, and ten in an NBA Finals game seven. Like he can he can score. Like how I'd be crushed. Oh man, yeah, unbelievable, man. It's he, like cool. And he only but took like, he only took six shots. Yeah, man, that's like the wild you know. Thing. You know he's thinking afterwards, just like, man, I should have been more aggressive. I should have just been a little more aggressive at the beginning. Or I should have done this or that. Like, I would be second-guessing myself forever after that. Just thinking about that game. Like, oh, I, I pass up a shot here and it ended up being an empty possession. Or, you know, I didn't get an assist there. Like, I just could have gotten it. And it's uh, Like, players care about I really do think players care about stats. At least yeah. most of them do. Clay definitely does, <laughs> and they know it. And they know it. Like it ultimately does affect your how much you're gonna make. So, I mean, I, if I was yeah, the, I mean, if I, was I don't the NBA, think they, I'd be looking at my stats all the time. Oh yeah, I mean, I I definitely like hundred percent. Sh- sh- like every player knows their own stats. Like they could rattle off their stats, and they know like the guys that are kind of at their level, like around them. Like, they know those dudes' stats. Like, um, I mean, like, KD knows LeBron's stats and probably Steph's, you know. But I don't think, like, in an actual, like, I think for certain guys, they don't really care what their numbers end up. Like, I think they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm okay if, like, Draymond, for like, I think Draymond's okay if his numbers go from, like, averaging 18 to averaging, like, 15, you know. But he has like his assists, or you know, other stuff would go up. But um, yeah, they definitely care. But like for that, like it just because the Warriors do a really good job, I think, and they've always been this way of just like it's a different guy that's kind of the the star of the night on any given night. So like that was definitely like should have been Draymond's night. Like that was the Draymond game. You know, next game is KD game. You know, the next three are the Steph games. You know. Then Clay will come out of nowhere and score yeah, fifty. He'll drop sixty. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, we're uh, we're getting pretty close to the end here, PJ, and we ha- this is something we haven't really talked about a ton. But I do want to talk a little a little college basketball with you. I'd like to know. Uh, I'd like to know who you really like as the first overall pick at this point. Like, who is your favorite player in college basketball? Um, the two dudes I'm fucking pretty hard with are, uh, Lonzo Ball and, uh, Dennis Smith from NC State. Okay. Um, those two dudes are pretty nice. I mean, there's, it's a very guard-heavy year, uh, this year for sure in college basketball, but, uh, damn, dude, I've been, I've been trying to, since, like, football's over now, it's like, I mean, I obviously, like, still, I, I spend a majority of my nights watching NBA but even like so college basketball for me at least be pre uh like while football was still going on I was like trying to just keep up with Northwestern my squad and Duke but now I'm trying to like expand my my tentacles just you know get really into it now it's that it's the perfect time to do that and right damn I'm having tough time with it like I've very, it has been very, very tough for me to go and, and like sit down and be like, I'm going to watch this full college basketball game and not get like distracted or switch over to an NBA game or like I have not, I have with Duke, whoever it is, like I have not yet sat down and watched an entire college basketball game from start to finish this year. So I haven't either. Uh, I will say that I've seen bits and pieces of a lot of games. I, what I try to do is. A lot of the time on weekends, if I if I'm gonna work out, it's usually like I do a little run on the treadmill. Oh, sick! And uh, so so I'll put a. Nah, I'm just saying, and that's when I'll like. There's usually isn't NBA. There aren't NBA games on in a Saturday afternoon, or a Sunday afternoon, and so I have to. And they're starting to do that now, but uh, so I'll, I'm kind of forced to put college on, and um, I. I haven't seen Dennis Smith a ton. I've only watched a little bit of him. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I've watched a lot of. His jump shot kind of worries me a little bit. Not because he can't make it. He's shooting okay. But it's just very awkward, and I think he's going to have time – or he's going to have a tough time getting that off in the NBA. Uh, it's just kind of slow. Um, but I, I like Josh Jackson's my favorite guy to watch. Josh yeah. Jackson is – 
I really like the I really like the Jayhawks in general, and I really like what Josh Jackson oh. could do because he's so long, and he's just really explosive, a really intense guy, and I just I just like the way he plays. Um, yeah, I haven't got. I mean, I've tried to watch some of the. I think the only I got to watch like the second half of some of the KU Baylor. Um, it's like the only real KU game I've caught the last you know couple of weeks, but. Yeah, man, it's tough. I mean, he's he's nice. I mean, he'll, he's one of the dudes. Um, I uh, I definitely want to see a lot more of these. Uh, I want. I'm I'm like not giving up on it. I like. I mean, once you get into the conference tournament stuff, like that's dope. But when you you kind of look at how the, how the it's the ball is structured and stuff, uh, I. I like being in conference play is, is when college basketball is at its best, but man, it's been it's been tough, and I, I, I the game itself is where I think you the games are so much different. I mean, we're we're an NBA focused. I mean, we're we're kind of talking about this, and a lot of this is the games I watch at least, and I've always kind of watched college basketball this way. It's like a a lens at in as far as draft prospects for the NBA, like what guys I think are going to end up playing in the league and looking at them from a pro lens. But the game more and more is, it's tough. And I mean, you'd like to see, even with the ability to have these long, you know, very athletic above the rim players, the game is just so much different still. And you have so many different teams that, just the style is there's a big difference from how college basketball is played and how the NBA is played. And they add the 30 second shot clock. They change that, try to speed up pace and stuff, but it is still up many, many points. It is a slow, boring ass game. Like they're just dribbling. I mean, they're two different sports almost at, at certain points with when you compare the pros to college. Well, and I think since the skill level is just diminished quite a bit um, and the range of most players, that's the right. biggest piece and just like the how big the court is in the NBA versus college. Um, and I'm not yeah, tr- I'm not trying I'm I, I'm not trying to shit on college basketball. College basketball is like do one of the most enjoyment it's like it's a it's awesome and March Madness I think is yeah, one of the I mean, best different. sporting events. But once you get there, it's just the intensity goes up so much higher. The level of play is up a lot higher. And like a lot of times, at least for the first half of the season, freshmen who are the most talented guys are still um, are still getting adjusted to kind of the way college basketball is played. By the time you hit March Madness, they're used to it. They know what to do. Uh and that's usually when you when you see the you know some really ridiculous cool things happening. So conference, you know, conference championships and uh, March Madness, you know, the NCAA championship tournament, like those are definitely my favorite part. Yeah. But you know, I'm just I'm ready for that to get here at this point. Yeah, I just I mean, I've noticed in like the one thing I can trigger it towards and make your debate like how it's supposed to be. I mean, in a perfect world, I wish I could consume college basketball and pros and like a nice flow but um i mean what like college basketball really needs and like for me at least as like a consumer of it i mean if there was a way that they worked with the nba and i think we've talked about you know it'd be great if the draft was set up you could leave either can enter that league in high school but if you go to college stay two years at least and then you can go to the draft is that because I've found myself more and more just like the yearly turnover of so many of the best players, it's like tough to kind of get excited towards something. It's like you're you're getting reset every year of like, all right, like, so what are this year? I mean, granted, this year more than like I think last year, you have a lot of the the staple big time programs that are actually legit and uh, in it, but. You don't have kind of those established squads where they're just adding to to the team. It's you know a reset of all right. Well, that entire Kentucky team from last year is now gone. Here's the new Kentucky team. Like, 
Right. Um, there's like no, the carryover. I, mean, I think we're from both year on to the, year. Yeah, we're both yeah. on the same page as far as what we think would make the game a lot better, and just I think it would make the NBA better. I think all around, like yeah, I think it'd be beneficial to everyone. A lot more player. I think players are going to progress a lot. I mean, better. the only my only counter to not liking that is that. I mean, it'd be nice if they did the two years, but those kids got paid a little. They got something. Uh, I mean, <laughs> see that? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, how you make that work. Is a is a is a yeah. I don't want to. We're not doing that. We're not doing that episode today. We're not no. doing that. But I mean, like that's my one counter to like saying they have to stay for two years. Is like, oh, well, I'm telling this kid they have to, you know, basically work as a slave for two years, right? <laughs> I know, what um, but yeah, I like just from consuming it though. I've noticed it just the last couple of years. There's been a real like it's become harder and harder for me to do that reset, that turnover with college basketball. And I like I don't want to get to a point where I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna check these dudes out when they get drafted. Like I'll figure right. it out then. Like that's not fun to me. Like I wanna, I like. How I've always had with college basketball is like my little preview, and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna mar- I'm gonna kind of flag these eight to ten dudes when they get in. Like I want to see how they turn in as pros. But, yeah, um, I know what you mean. But yeah, I mean, like we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I hope it, it doesn't prove. I mean, that Duke North Carolina game was pretty tight, and that was a good. That's. That's just good old fashioned clean family fun right there. So well, especially when you're a Duke fan, right? Especially when you're a Duke fan and they win. Um, but man, yeah, Duke is they got a what a weird team. What a weird so team. weird. There's like yeah, I know that we, they're gonna, one way or another they're gonna kill me when I pick a bracket. I know it's it's gonna happen. If I pick them to go deep, they're gonna lose early on. If I pick them to lose yeah. early on, they're gonna go deep. No, so I've I've had this thing with the last Duke for about last eight years i like figured it out is you basically have to like when you're picking it you've got to tell you ask yourself like can they win that first round matchup because they if they can win the first rounder at this point they're for sure going to be in the sweet 16 and then it's just like matchup wise and what happens but like so if they're a one or a two even though they've lost when they were a two but like if they're definitely if they could get a one seed they're for sure going to make it so the you know pencil them as a sweet 16 team at least but uh, yeah, if there's any, like, to chance that they could be upset in the first round, if you think that's a possibility, just pick that and just be good with it. Like, Well, I guess I'm going to have to spend a lot of time looking at that first-round matchup then. Yeah, that's what it is with Duke. As a guy that's been, that, like, defaultly just picks them a lot because um, I'm just, <laughs> like, arrogant. But, like, basically my strategy when I do a bracket is, like, like ooh, do I think Duke can uh, – might lose in the first round this year. Yeah, all right. I'm just going to pick them for the sweet Like, that's my cutoff. That'll be the lowest I'll ever willingly pick Duke is to get knocked out in the sweet 16. But I watched them win the national championship this year. But Dude, that happened to me in 2010. I yeah. didn't think they'd win, and they did. Then they, like, turned it on and played, you know, super nice. And then I was like, the minute I saw them, I was like, oh, yeah, they can do this. But I, I had doubt. I had no doubt when they won and when they beat when Jaws team won though. I knew that that team was real, real serious. That was the the truth right there. Right. Well, we should probably wrap up here, yeah. BJ. We're uh. Why were you yelling at me? <laughs> no, I was. Well, I was opening the Sandy was needed to be removed from the studio oh did she do something bad again no she's just like so through the course of me recording these every week um i think i have to stand up and open and close my door like four or five times because either sandy wants to leave the room or come back in and it's like the minute she leaves she then wants to come back in so sure enough at different points when i'm like we're doing this i'm like trying to like maneuver around my computer open the door and let her in and out as quietly without interrupting well luckily now we're wrapping up so you can give her all the attention she deserves but um yeah so 
we uh, this next pod we can probably cover some All Star Game action because the All Star Game's a week from today. So that's fun. Yeah, we should probably do like midseason awards or something too. Yeah, we'll think of some fun stuff to do. But yeah, please uh, thank you everyone as always for listening, and please check us out at thepointforwardnba.com or on Twitter at thepointforward, as well as PJ and my Twitter handles at foolishkilla and at ultra jacobs. Check us out on Facebook, uh, and we definitely appreciate a uh, rating and a review on Stitcher and iTunes if you have time. But. Uh, had fun talking to you, Peach. I'm, uh, yeah, we'll yeah, have to. Right. I'm excited for dunk contest and some three point action. And uh, next and podcast will be really fun, too. Absolutely. And to all our listeners, I don't care what you've got going on this week. You find some time, you go see John Wick, too. God damn it, that movie was dope. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you went and saw it. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to hear a more in depth review from you. And I'll definitely have to go. I want to give that. people, I want to. Yeah, I wanted to give people some time to try to go see it, but God damn it, it's so good. <laughs> Better than the first one? No, but it's it's up there. As far as sequels go, it's a hell of a sequel. Well, all right. Power rankings of sequels, it might be in the top four now for me. But for another time, we can discuss that. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. But uh, yeah, so go check out John Wick 2. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening.